I think we can take it as a mini-success that we have successfully found each other today. Welcome along. This is James Watt. It's Show Talk, the podcast, where I talk to uh, and great entertainers who do their, spend their life entertaining us. Uh, we'll find out a bit more about them today. Got a great guest on today, Jasper Carrot, on the show. He's been there, done it, for years and years. And there's so much about Jasper Carrot that you might not know. We'll try and find a little bit about that as well. Don't forget to uh, subscribe and like this podcast because, well, it just make your life better. Uh, it could change your life. Not in a big way, but just a little way. That'd be lovely. And if you want to contact us uh, at James Watt UK on Twitter or Instagram is probably the best. Okay, let's get along to Jasper, who's out on the road again. More of that to come. And here we go. Uh, say hello to uh, Jasper Carrot. How are you doing? I'm very well, James. Great to be talking to you uh, again. Uh, last time, of course, we were saying it was at Radio Stoke. Yeah, uh, that was in about the 18th century. It was, yes, and uh, yeah, great to great to be here and great to talk. Well, you know what? Um, uh, you've got an audience with Jasper Carrot's coming. It's you and Bev Bevan, so I presume it's Bev Bevan doing the music and you're doing the uh, the comedy, or is it the other way around nowadays? Um, we never really know at our age, so we just go on and uh, it just comes to us. And sometimes he starts telling jokes, and then sometimes I start banging the drums. Uh, but it's that it's that age, you know, and because we've got the show, it's called Stand Up and Rock, uh, and I do the stand up and he does the rock most nights. Um, and of course, it's uh, he's I mean he he does all that ELO stuff and uh, all, I mean all the music's from the sixties, the seventies, the eighties, and all the jokes are from the fifties. Yes. So if you if you're under sixty, you won't have heard of them, and if you're over sixty, you can't remember them anyway. Will so you we're be on to a winner? Will you be doing your hit? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yes, I've got it down to 41 seconds. Here we go, guys. We're not getting my feet out on the road. Ain't nobody gonna tell me where to go now. We're not getting my feet out on the road. I'm gonna ride, ride, ride. There we go, you see. It's going to be on my gravestone, you know, <laughs> funky moped man lies here within. Yeah. What, did it, did it get at the top of the charts? Was it, was it you know, number one in the hit no, parade? It was, well, it, it was a strange single, James, because it, the funky moped sold 30,000 copies. Yeah. But the B-side, Magic Roundabout, oh, sold yeah. 840,000 copies. <laughs> and that's, that's what got it into the charts. <laughs> and Magic Roundabout is still the only ever hit single with no musical content, which wow. just about sums me up. Yeah, and, and that's interesting because you, you, you say it was a, a B-side was a hit, okay, and the Magic Roundabout, you're one of your comedy routines. Do you do, do, you do a sort of greatest hits of comedy routine still? Like, you know, so can you do the moles? Have you still got moles? Are they doing that? Well, um, I, I do I do reinvent past material, to be fair. Like, I do a, a whole routine on the 60s. Uh, but given uh, looking back from the 60s from today. Uh, but something like The Mole, I don't do because it's too well known. And although people want to hear it, when you start doing it, they don't really laugh because they know it. So you can, you can do a hit single, for, 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 you know, for, for 90 years, but you can't do a hit joke. Uh, so... <laughs> I just I tend to leave the very well known stuff I leave alone. Although I do I do bring like for instance I was very well known for uh, uh, car insurance 
yes. uh, sta- uh, uh, statements. Yes, that's uh, right. And I brought that back, but I brought it right up to date because I, you know, I just thought, are, are we still doing the same sort of things? And we are, only much better. So I, I, I reinvent stuff. Uh, and then, of course, obviously, I do loads of stuff about what's happening today. And I don't particularly get into uh, to, to, um, politics stuff. But, of course, obviously, like every comedian, you've got to do stuff about COVID and whatever. Um, so it's a mixed bag. But uh, I, I have to say, James, that the last, um, I would say the last 12 months since I've been back on the road, people are dying for entertainment. I, I've never had such reactions to the comedy in all my career. Re- people are really out there to enjoy themselves. And uh, e- even sort of, you know, 50% of the audience are wearing masks, but the laughter still comes through. It's, it's, it's a very privileged time to be entertaining people. Now, because you were, because you started comedy, you were, you were doing comedy like stand up before, before it had been invented in many ways. Uh, because, sort you know, because you, I mean, you didn't wear a tire because there's the suit, the suited brigade, and then there was you, sort of scruff bag. Uh, routine. Yes, I mean, when, when I came through in the in the late seventies, I mean, common, stand-up comedy on television was ten minutes on the Silla Black show, and it was jokes about Irishmen and mother-in-laws and God knows what. So when I introduced sort of raconteuring, as it were, it was it was. Uh, you know, revolutionary, uh, and it and it. I mean, myself, Connolly, Max Boyce. Sort of, I wouldn't say we changed the face of comedy, but we certainly had a lot to do with the change in approach to comedy. Uh, and uh, when you look back um, to, to to the late seventies, um, it was a real revelation. Uh, and I mean, and, and and a comedy program on TV. It all used to be before nine o'clock. Well, when I started, it was like half past 10, 11 o'clock at night. It was unheard of. Um, so that's really when the, when the comedy revolution started to turn. So how did the TV uh, thing happen for you? Because you, you, know, you were doing the clubs and all that, and did, did somebody in a suit and a cigar come over and say, yes. I'm going to make you a star? A suit and a cigar is absolutely right on the button. It was Michael Grade, <laughs> who was head of London Weekend Television, and he came up to see a show I was doing at the Royal Shakespeare Theatre in Stratford, and this was about 1977. And the support act, get this, the support act was Victoria Wood. <laughs> yeah, and Michael Grade says, he, he said it about two years ago, he, he, he has no recollection of Victoria Wood being on the show. <laughs> he just came and he saw me. He liked what he saw, and he offered me a, a pilot, which I did. And then he said, could I do, could I do six half hours? Uh, and I could just about do it with the material I had. And, uh, and it was called An Audience with Jasper Carrot. No one was famous in the audience. ITV uh, nicked the title. But it was, uh, it was just, uh, um, just so unusual for comedy in those days to be on that late. And, of course, it, there, were, there, were no, there was no one-liners. It was just raconteuring. And I did a bit of music as well. And um, I, act, I think I actually did Magic Roundabout uh, um, on, on, on that series. Um, and it, it's, just, it's been a roller coaster ever since. And I have to say, uh, I, you know, still doing it today. I'm 77 years old. And still doing it, and it's and it's a real pleasure, James. It really yeah. is. I've never enjoyed being on stage so much in my whole career. It's just terrific. You know, I understand uh, you have been alive uh, beyond the seventies, and so uh, we ought to find out a little bit about what you've uh, what you've been up to since then. And because uh, there's one secret that I I I didn't know, the secret I know about you wasn't known until I told a few people. They said. 
I didn't know that. Uh, so, uh, should we talk about that? Okay. We are delighted to have uh, one Jasper Carrot on the show with us today. Uh, we got a secret about you, Jasper. Uh, I'm dying to know what it is. <laughs> well, I, you know, I mean, you know what it is, and it's not, it's not embarrassing. Not we found you uh, p- rude pictures or anything like that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's your involvement in uh, one of the biggest TV shows in the history of the world, and you personally are responsible for who wants to be a millionaire. More or less, yes, more or less. Uh, <clears throat> I, uh, I started a company with a, a guy called Paul Smith many years ago, 1981, believe it or not. Um, and uh, it was a production company, and we, we took on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Um, and uh, we were told at the time it was rejected by every single TV station in the country, and we were told that quiz shows are a, a dead element of entertainment. <laughs> and then it, it, finally, it finally got on air with an enormous story behind it, which I won't go into. It finally got on, onto the air and became this worldwide hit. Over 107 countries taken. It is the most successful quiz show ever on television worldwide. Uh, and it was, uh, it was I've, I've got to say, I was quite fortunate, lucky uh, to be involved because Paul Smith was the driving force. Uh, but it was written by my two writers, um, uh, Steve Knight and Mike Whitehill. Steve Knight, of course, created uh, Peaky Blinders. Oh, yeah. So there's a whole history and story. I could go on forever about uh, who wants to be a millionaire, including a case we, we took on the Disney Corporation in Los Angeles, and it took 11 and a half years, uh, but we finally won, and they paid us the money that they owed us. Uh, 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 I could go on forever, and there was some, there was some good, good humor in it. Um, but we, um, we had to stump up $11 million to take it to court. Wow. Yes. Uh, I, I wasn't... <laughs> I mean, to I, you, of course, that's nothing, well, but the rest of us... <laughs> it was, well, two nights at Oxford New Theatre, I've covered it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but no, there, was, there were about eight people involved, and I, I was, in the end, I, I mean, I was, I, I, I was uh, very well rewarded for my loyalty, as it were. Um, but yes, it, you, you're quite right. Who wants to be a millionaire? Yeah, that was even more successful than Golden Balls. Just slightly, yes, just slightly. <laughs> Golden Balls was, was uh, unfortunately, it would have gone on. I, I, I was having the time of my life with Golden Ball. Uh, yeah, uh, they had to take it off because ITV were £4 billion in the red and were having to, and, and uh, uh, Golden Balls was a very expensive show to make. Um, not only my fee, uh, yes. but you could only make eight shows a week, which uh, when, you, when you do something like, uh, pointless you know they do eight yeah. shows a day yeah uh so it had to come off the air but it, it was a shame because I, I wasn't going to do it i did the pilot which and i won't go into why but when i did the pilot they came to me and said would i like to do the series and i said i'm what a game show host i'm a i'm a raconteur and then my manager said well this is how much they're going to pay you and i looked and i said I- is this in lira and he said no pounds and so they touched my Achilles heel, which is money. Uh, so I decided to do it. And it was very successful. And I had a great time. But unfortunately, it had to finish. Had to finish. Uh, and just, just finally, on Millionaire, uh, you know, are, of all those countries that you sold it to uh, with your team, uh, are there some that are amazing out there that uh, are very different to what, what we're used to seeing with uh, Tarrant in the day and now uh, Clarkson, of course? Um, no, the, the, the format, we, we, when we sold it to a country, they had to stick to the format. 
obviously, you know, it was different. I mean, it wasn't a million pounds in, I mean, in Russia, it was a million beetroots. And, uh, you know, and it was a million rand in South Africa, which was about one and nine. Um, so it, it, it all had different connotations wherever you went. But the formula was exactly the same. And when I've seen all the shows from all over the world, Chris Tarrant is way uh, heads above any other presenter. We were very fortunate to get Chris Tarrant. In fact, they offered me the show first off. And of course, I did my I'm a raconteur nonsense. <laughs> Um, and fortunately, <laughs> for Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, I turned it down and Chris Tarrant took it on. And he, he is exceptionally good. Uh, and when Jeremy Clarkson took over, uh, I had my doubts uh, early on. But Jeremy's done a great job. He's, he's made it his own now. Um, so uh, the, the, the program continues and it still continues all around the world. It's more popular in Germany than it is anywhere else. It's, wow. it's, a, re- it's a remarkable success story, yeah. Now, you're out with Bev Bevan, uh, still yep. standing up and rocking. So, um, uh, we'll get you. Are you on first? Are you, on, are you, are you, the, are you uh, after Bev or not? No, I, I, warm, <laughs> I warm them up for the music. Yeah, I go on, I do half an hour. Then there's half an hour of music. I go on, do half an hour. There's a, then there's 25 minutes of music. And then I come on and I, we do, we do a, a sort of um, uh, a, a rock and roll medley. I, I do my status quo impersonation. I do funky moped for 41 Good. seconds. Um, and then we end up with a couple of ELO songs, and uh, it's a, it's not a unique show, but nobody else does it. <laughs> Stand up and rock, and it's it's a very very successful formula. We've been doing it. This is our ninth year now, and uh, it, it's it's just a great night out. Everybody has great fun, and in fact, the the band themselves enjoy it far more than the audience, and that's why we keep doing it. And it's uh, but the, at the same time, the reviews are fantastic, and if you go on Facebook. You know, it's just, you know, people glowing about the show. And we're having the time of our lives, I have to say that, James. And uh, come along and, and have, a, have a good laugh and hear some. You'll know all the music. You, good. You can sing, clap, cheer. You can, you can even twerk. Well, and, do a bit of that. Okay, that'd be yeah, interesting. Well, Get thrown out in Oxford. But twerking is basically Parkinson's for the under 25. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you, you just get stuck in. <laughs> Jasper, great to talk to you. Lovely to get you on again today. Great talking, James. So it's the Stand Up and Rock Tour. You can search it out on the web. Uh, Highfieldproductions.com seems to be a good one to look for if you want to try and find that. And uh, that'll be a good night out, won't it? Uh, this is James Watt. Uh, you've been listening to Show Talk, the podcast. Uh, and if you want to find out more and contact us, you can do at James Watt UK on Twitter or that Instagram thing there as well. Don't forget to subscribe and like, because it makes everybody's lives more fulfilled. Uh, Thanks very much, and I'll catch you on the next one.